For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good evening, Blue Jays fans. Welcome to Jay Bird Watching. We are live on Twitter if you are fortunate enough to see us there, see our beautiful faces. But if not, if you're listening to us on the podcast sphere, that is quite all right. Uh, my name is Adam Corsair, and joining me tonight is the brains of the operation. Of course, I'm talking about Craig Borden. That's no disrespect to Brendan Pentagar, who could not make it. You are very smart as well. You are definitely smarter than me. But, uh, Craig, you're the brains of the operation. What's going on, man? Doing good, man. But as far as brains go, do you really want to give me that much credit when it's just us drinking here on camera for the night, for the evening? <laughs> listen, listen. <laughs> you plastered probably smarter than I am sober as a judge. Let's let's be real. Oh, okay. I am kind of like the engineer of this group, so I guess that's what I'm saying. What it is, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, but yes, as we kick this off, it's nice to be live. I'm getting kind of used to this. Yeah, it's a cool format, man. I'm glad you were able to uh, introduce this to us and to the audience as well. It's a cool way to uh, interact with people, finally. Yeah, and uh, even though I'm as close as the 500 level I can be this <laughs> evening, you know, this I got my social distancing with the ballpark going on just here like everybody else. <laughs> so where and... you are right now, like if imagine you being in the stadium, that is where I was for my bachelor party. Yeah, which is hilarious because we were mentioning that was the same weekend that I was up celebrating with my now wife, Anna, <laughs> that for the that was this is where I sat for the Marco Estrada game. Just yes. Obviously, I'm actually facing the action instead of having my back turned to it. Although so, I was a little drunk that even that day. So, oh, yeah, maybe yeah. I was turned a little bit. <laughs> so what what you know, would be really ironic. I'll have to check the ticket stubs. But so I watched the David Price game on Saturday and I yep. want to who pitched the next day. Was it? It wasn't no half wasn't on the team yet. It was no, he was on the team for that 2015 season. Wasn't was he? it Hap? Yeah, it was Hap because I think David Price pitched Friday night. That was the game that you know right after we had gotten Troy Tulowinski. That yeah. was the first big series that we had him for. Yes. and then in the midst of that, that was like that epic 20 pitch at bat that was shaking at the, the whole freaking ballpark at the end of the game with a couple yes. guys on, and he unfortunately strikes out against Mar Mariano Rivera, mm. but. The fact that, you know, he it, that was that first kind of like where I'm like, OK, you know what? This this 2015 thing is for real. This could yes. actually happen. Hmm. And as far as that goes, that was just really cool to see. And I, you know. We're all starving for it now. Yeah. Full on starving. <laughs> well, uh, let, let's let's break this all down. So tonight we have a we have a jam packed show. We're going to talk about. The state of baseball, obviously, we can't go an episode without talking about the state of baseball because every week and every it fucking changes. So we have to talk about it. Um, you're just forgetting about it. Yeah. What are, what are we going to do? Um, <laughs> then we're going to we're going to transition. I do want to touch on the Roy Halladay documentary. I know you saw it. Uh, you had some strong opinions. You vocalized those on Twitter. Uh, I, I would like to. Vocalize. I loved it, but we'll oh. figure out all the rest of it in the midst of the conversation here, my friend. All right. I don't want to bury the lead. <laughs> um, cause I'm sure you're going to get fired up, which is 
what the people want. And uh, lastly, I want to do a Ru- uh, Mount Rushmore of Blue Jays, um, all-time Blue Jays, so our top four Blue Jays. But uh, let's, you know what? Let's switch it up. Let's start with the Roy Halladay documentary. Um, oh. Well, let's get the emotions <laughs> high, right? Well, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna start gonna go it off. Really quick. A, yeah, it's gonna be a sad note and then a pissed off note because of the state of baseball. And let's end it on a happy note with Mount Rushmore. There you go. So, um, for those of you that are unaware, and if you're a Blue Jays fan, I can't imagine that you are. But if you are, uh, ESPN produced an E60 documentary on Roy Halladay. It's called uh, what was it? Perfection. Perfect. Imperfect. Imperfect. Um, the story of Roy Halladay. It was mostly documenting uh, his his problems with uh, substance abuse, alcoholism, um, his mental health problems as well. Uh, that led to his untimely death and the circumstances surrounding that, as well as the pressures that he had mostly put upon himself from, according to the documentary, of course, uh, throughout his lifetime in, in a career path towards baseball. Um, there were some very positive notes, uh, specifically him being drafted by Toronto, him with, as a young boy with braces, which was so eerie was to see. so weird to see. Oh, man, it was so <laughs> weird. Uh, it remind, have you seen A Christmas Story? He looked like the yeah. dude that was the bully in A Christmas Story. <laughs> he did look like the raccoon on uh, No, and Ralphie's getting beaten him and swearing a bunch yeah. of Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No. It looked like him. It did look like him. I Come will on. give you that. That's a good analogy. But, oh, my God, just seeing that flashback to that, it's like, okay, no, I remember being in high school now and <laughs> – Right? I, was, I had braces all through my senior year, too. Crazy. Crazy. <laughs> and they're but, still uh, crooked, just saying. Yeah, it happens. What are you going to do? <laughs> We're adulting. Uh, they, they did highlight the um, the outstanding season that he had with Philadelphia going into the postseason. Uh, you know, that was probably one of the first times that I was ever allowing myself to root for another team, so much so that I actually bought Philadelphia Phillies spring training hat and a yep. holiday jerseys because like I just love the guy. He is my personal favorite all-time Blue Jay. Yep. Um, and this was even before his untimely death, but we'll get into that yep. when we get to Mount Rushmore's. Um, obviously, I talked on the substance abuse issues, and his wife definitely uh, went all in with this documentary. It didn't seem like she was holding anything back. It didn't seem like there was a lot of uh, you know, saving it for PR and stuff. What were you? None of it really seemed forced either, which was it. It, right. it was full on her being just her class act of a person that she yes. has been this. At, even as a Blue Jay fan, you know, back in the day when they were in the, you know, she was one of the very, very vocal, you know, of the players' wives and stuff like that. She was doing all sorts of things to help out the city of Toronto. Very, very amazing family. Period. Right down to their, you know, their son actually being drafted by the Blue Jays as round Braden, thirty-two. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. Braden was drafted. Uh, at his dad's number, I thought that was a very classy thing. They didn't have to do that. No. It wasn't the last pick. It was a very. They knew what he was going to do. They, they knew he was going to Penn State. There's no yeah. question in it. But very classy move for the organization. Obviously, highlighting one of the stars of their, you know, Mount Rushmore po- possibilities, like we're going to get to. But uh, yeah, the documentary man, it didn't hold any punches on the front of the fact that you know he did suffer and had some demons. Right. But in the midst of that, the thing that got me going on it, as much as I did enjoy the documentary, I will never watch it again because I have the problem of the fact that you called it imperfect, which is fine. That was part of her Hall, Hall of Fame speech for Roy Holiday. Right. And I, it was perfectly said. Imperfect people can have perfect moments. 
And the problem with that whole thing was I was like, okay, if you want to tell me why he wasn't imperfect or he wasn't perfect, I mean, you need to show me a little bit more in that documentary why we thought he was perfect in the first place. Okay. And that was my trouble with it. I thought through the, I knew it was going to focus a lot on the demons because they wanted to almost use it like a cautionary tale for people. Right. But in the midst of that, it's on ESPN. It should have been showcasing half his career, half the demons at least. And I felt it was definitely a little bit more 60, 40, three quarters ish toward the demons part. They didn't even show the fact that in the second major league start, he almost threw a no hitter. Right. That was a missed opportunity there to begin with. That was a whole nother reason why you show that he's it, that he's was perfect. Right. At least as far as baseball goes and on a baseball diamond where we all, you know, fell in love with this guy. Right. They seem to have fast forward uh, in the early portions of his career. And that seems to be the narrative when it comes to Roy Halladay's initial tenure with the Blue Jays. I say initial, like before getting called down um, to to single A, like he he did have high expectations coming in, rightfully so. And I don't want to say he immediately shat the bed because he didn't, uh, as you're pinpointing. But he did have flashes. Yes. Yes. It, It was sort of reminiscent to like. Uh, like an Aaron Sanchez when he first came up. Obviously, yes. Sanchez came up in the pen, but um, it wasn't nearly. It, I don't want people to get the impression that it was like a Kyle Drayback fall from grace. It wasn't. It no. wasn't nearly as bad. <laughs> Not as even that. close. Yeah, like it, Drayback didn't even have grace to fall from. I don't. No disrespect to Kyle, but. Um, <laughs> you know, it, that it, was one of the very few bloodlines that have not turned out for Blue Jays. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but, you know, I thought the documentary was very revealing. I thought seeing his family, like seeing his sister talked about it, that was very touching. It was very yes, emotional. That was for very me. emotional for me because you could see how much more of the family suffered in the midst of this, too, which you knew was happening. But yeah, then him, and I didn't know his dad was a pilot. That yeah. had to really, really have hit home. Oh, yeah. In the midst of all that. So, yeah, very, very strong family to be able to get through something like this. Yeah, his dad kept his composure quite well, and uh, I thought he he summarized things with a with a very even keel, and I appreciated that. Um, same thing with um, Roy's wife. Like for me, it was just you know seeing that the dynamic of everything, and like watching replays of his post game interviews when he was with Philly, and like not really knowing at the time, like you don't really recognize that in real time, like. And and I don't mean to be disrespectful for the terminology, but like when you're watching an athlete after a bad game and he's like sort of down on himself and you see him like not be as like open to reporters, you're just talking it up to of this is a competitor with a bad game. You're not thinking this guy's kind of fucked up right now. Yeah. Right. And, and bad day obviously situation. Yeah. Yeah. Overall. Right. Right. You would you don't want to you don't want to assume that oh this guy's like under the influence of some sort of opiates or whatever. That's the furthest thing from my mind. In my mind, especially with Roy Halladay, is this guy's such a competitor that he just wants to like tell all these reporters right now, fuck off and don't and don't bother me and leave me alone. Whereas the reality of the situation is that he was suffering. And so in that aspect, I think you nailed it in the beginning as being a cautionary tale that this is sort of like an illumination on the fact that, hey, like even these people that we view as being legitimately robotic like i remember the old the the picture of roy halliday with like the terminator terrible uh you know photoshop yeah, like the, the photoshop the eye in there yeah yeah back when he was with the jays with the angry bird i'm just like man 
this guy was so focused and so robotic that on the inside, behind the diamond, he was a normal human being. And I think that with that, obviously, when you break it down, you know he's a normal human being. But us as fans, especially at the time in my youth, I'm not thinking that. So for me, it was a very revealing documentary. For that purpose, I do appreciate it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's exactly where I was with it. I knew everybody has their demons and everything and you would expect that of any professional athlete to have maybe and some right right under this under the scrutiny of all those things that they always are and it makes me wonder like what would have happened within his baseball career if he wasn't traded somewhere like philadelphia you know philadelphia latched on to roy holiday before he even took one step out toward that mound and already loved him just based on his tenure as the toronto blue jay right what what happens if he goes to new york and ended up having a season like A.J. Burnett did. You're a king of the world, and then, oh, my God, what happened? Fall from grace, yeah. Exactly. Well, you even had a story of Roy Halladay without Toronto and without Philadelphia. Yeah. What I just don't think he would have – I mean, anybody would ever heard of it. And the horrors that – you know, the fact that his wife was saying that he threw up before every game, and it just shows you maybe – I'm just shocked that – and these cautionary tales, it's amazing that there wasn't enough help or enough people as far as it goes. I can't believe they didn't have our AJ Burnett actually on this right. documentary. He wrote one of the nicest articles I've ever read on somebody that was more or less like the obituary on steroids. Yeah. And that it, I highly recommend that to anybody on the Players Tribune to go yes. read what A.J. Burnett wrote. I think it was about a month after he had uh, passed. Yeah. Mm. And it literally is just, it paints a hell of a picture as how, regardless of these demons, how respected and why he was respected the way he was, period. Did you think it was a nice touch to have like someone like A-Rod on the documentary, giving so much props. Like, we, we give A-Rod a lot of shit, and like rightfully we do. so. Like, you know, I'll never forgive him for calling God it, uh, rounding, you know, <laughs> second base into third. I'll never forgive that. I, re- I remember that, like, it was yesterday, but still. Or like, stealing an MVP from Carlos Delgado when we should have won the MVP and the Cy Young in 2003 with the gentleman that we're talking about here. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Um, I was shocked that he was on his documentary. But he gave shocked. props, you know? Like, and he, was, he, did he did give a very good job. Do. Yeah. Uh, I I think when it comes to these players that, you know, are glorified in the game, maybe a little bit more than Roy Halladay. I'm not taking anything away from Roy Halladay's like accomplishments or his legendary status. But I think for the casual baseball fan, he's not the one that comes to mind when you think of top players within the, the past like 20 years. And he should be. But I just don't really think that's on be. the mind. You know, would you agree yeah. with that? Yeah, for the better part of the decade, he was the pitcher in baseball. The only yes. guy that might even rival him is you're talking Pedro Martinez. Pedro, yes. And there's no comparison to why those two stand out above the rest. And yeah. just knowing that the fact that I was honestly shocked that he was the first ballot Hall of Famer. I really was. I really thought the fact that he had the pedigree one way or the other to make the Hall of Fame. I don't know if the death thing did help him or not. With getting on that, I don't want to be the guy that says that because I think it's horrible that people were just voting for him because of the, you know, what's going on. Right. But he was that good. There is no way of saying anything different. There is only two people in Major League Baseball history that have thrown no hitters in the playoffs: Don Larson and <laughs> Ray Halliday. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. and 
God, just I really don't know what to say as far as meeting him. I think you said you had met him once too, no, didn't you? No, no, I did not. Okay. No. We did. We were in Cooperstown and we were at a ball game. They did used to do the exhibition games there, right? Yeah. For yeah. the uh, major league players, and they have a whole, uh, you know, the, they bring out the A game guys for a home run derby before the at game. Double day, it's more right? or less the double A, yeah, yeah, level guys that play the actual game. Uh, but right, right, Holiday when we pulled into Cooperstown from staying way outside town because there's more or less only bed and breakfasts right. to stay at in Cooperstown. So we drove in, got out of the parking lot right there at Double Day Field. And me and my brother and my buddy Jeff's son uh, were wandering around and we're like, oh, my God, here's some guys warming up in the field. And they until the game's about to start, the whole literally you can literally go in there after a day of school and go play a baseball game on Double Day Field. If you, nice. you know, we're in town with no event going on that day. And that day it was the Blue Jays. We walked in there and walked up the stands and Roy Holiday is there warming up with Scott Downs. Nice. Just goofing around, having a good time. And we just ha- we sat there in the bleachers, didn't bother them, didn't do anything, just sat there and kind of, you know, just watched them having fun and goofing around a little bit and obviously getting ready and getting their work in. And the two of them afterwards came over to the three of us and said, hey, you guys, how you doing? You come to the game later, you know, that kind of stuff. And sure enough, they uh, they actually asked us, if, hey, you got anything we could sign for you? Nice. And, you know, we just threw a couple of baseballs and I got the ball up here on my mantle from Scott Downs and Roy Holiday signing it during that day. Nice. So those are the kind of nice class act kind of things that it makes it's heartbreaking to hear that outside of a baseball field, they had all that stuff going on. Right. Right. So. And, I, and it's, you know, I don't want to belabor the point too much, but it's yeah. definitely like an internal pressure kind of thing. And I don't think that's necessarily unique when we're talking about uh, athletes today. Right. I yeah. think some of the most focused athletes, uh, a lot of the, the downfalls of being so talented and so focused is you may have some sort of internal issues and internal suffering when it comes to uh, striving to be perfect and striving to be uh, the best you can possibly be for a team. And it it, it has its ups and it has its downs. Um, So for me, I I thought, you know, it was a good documentary for those that are looking for an inside look at a guy that would otherwise be considered robotic and very quiet and very under the radar outside of like Blue Jays and Philadelphia fanhood very under the radar when it comes to his talent. So if you haven't seen it, if you have another opportunity to see it, I very much encourage you to do so. If you have an ESPN account or whatever, I'm sure you can find it online. I'm not advocating for illegal streams. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> find if it. you yeah, if you find a stream. I will I tell you, if you happen it. to be here in the States, it's free on Hulu right now. There you go. All right. So there you go. <laughs> Um, they only do so right. many episodes of that E60 stuff, so it holds like the first last five or something like that. Although yeah. I am looking forward to seeing Bruce Lee this weekend <laughs> on the 30 for the 30. <laughs> there you go. Become like water, my friend. <laughs> that guy was a badass, man. Badass. Yeah, speaking of badasses, right? <laughs> so so uh, anyway, next topic. Cheers. Yeah, let, let's talk about something <laughs> that might piss us off. So the state of baseball, I tweeted this out. Uh, Jeff Passon of... Uh, is it Yahoo ESPN? I think he's ESPN. He's I'm not sure. ESPN now, but I ESPN, know at one point yes. he's been somebody else at some point. Yeah, he too. was with Yahoo. Um, doesn't look good. The the MLB Players Association submitted a proposal. If you want to pause this episode right now and fast forward to last week's episode, we touched on what the players proposed to the MLB. But if you don't want to do that, basically it was a, well, it was a yeah, it was a 114 game season, full prorated salary. 
Um, they basically would be playing the playoffs for free, but that's because they're getting their full prorated salary. And if any player felt uncomfortable playing, they would be able to opt out completely yet still receive their salary. When I read that, I was like, this is a, going to be a big no-no when it comes to um, comes to the to the MLB and their yeah. union um, accepting this. And obviously they declined it. They didn't give a counter to the MLBPA, which to me was like, this is not going to make that store. <laughs> Baseball is going to be dead. So I guess the so you're current, saying Marcus Stroman might have been right last week. Yes, yes. And a lot of <laughs> preparing for players. life after baseball was the, basically was the quote. <laughs> basically. So what I'm what I'm understanding right now is that the MLB is looking for around uh, 50 games. I want to say 50 games with the full prorated salary. Um, when I see 50 games, I'm thinking, what's the point? Yeah, at 50 games, it might as well be a round-robin Little League tournament, right? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but right now, I see the only point is the fact is uh, some of the other rumors that we were reading about that I think you actually brought my attention to over the weekend here. Because I, me being in Rochester, New York, I would love to root for the Blue Jays playing in Buffalo. There you go. Huh? And now you can. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> oh, wait, hold on. I got this, too. Let's go, Buffalo. Sabres. Okay. <laughs> Hockey's not my thing, but sure, why not? Let's go Buffalo. But yeah, so as the, much as I'd love to see Buffalo Bisons baseball, if that's where the Blue Jays end up having to play their home games because they don't want to have everybody going up and over the border back and forth a billion times, as long as, they, long as they're playing, and that's my philosophy. on If it's 50 games, great. It's something that at least maybe we might get a sampling of Nate Pearson, for example. Right. Maybe right. that is the perfect reason to skip a development stage for him in Buffalo. If you know he's only going to be pitching, what, out of that maybe 10, 15 I was going to say games. 10. Yeah, yeah. maybe 10. It, and it, all the all the inning limits in the world that you want. Fine, fuck it. <laughs> all the yeah. guys throw him out there. What the hell is it going to do to him other than the fact that he will be facing major league hitters, which in all reality, I think he could do. Would you, well, how would you feel about him if they do do this, exclusively making him like an opener? I'm just strangely so, fine with that. Yeah, just so they don't like the run first into go the through on a lineup. That's yes. my big thing. I don't want to see him as much as the Aaron Sanchez experiment actually worked for the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, I don't think that's the right way to handle the guy that literally everybody is clamoring for. And there's already major league baseball players that have seen him and go, wow. Right. <laughs> you know, right. I don't recall when Aaron Sanchez was coming up through double and triple A that anybody was going, well, he's going to be a Cy Young award winner without even right. thinking about it. Just this guy up for a hall of fame freaking ballot right now. That is basically Jim Callis from the MLB yeah. fight line right now going, you know, just bring him up. Go ahead. Go nuts. Like how he was basically putting Vlad Jr. in the Hall of Fame last year. And he wanted the I think his thing was he wanted to see Vladdy Jr. do Vlad Sr.'s Hall of Fame speech. And then they can do the flip when. Oh. <laughs> that would be cool. That would be very amusing. Yeah. Because they're very comical, both of them. And I love them. But <laughs> yeah, but that's the yeah. thing. I think even the, at least in the Blue Jays sense of this whole thing, Adam. 50 games is actually a good amount of experience for this young team. So then let's say next year runs into it. Oh God, maybe that's all we need. Could be it. So let's rewind back to the thing you touched on about the Blue Jays playing in Buffalo. So right now the, <laughs> the um, U.S. Homeland Security is granting athletes the ability to cross borders Could from wherever they're that? from. 
into the United well, States. It doesn't matter where they're from. So if they're from international players, wherever, wherever they are, they're allowed to come to the United States without, um, without any sort of issues or setbacks. The problem is, is that in Toronto, they are not allowing any games with or without fans. They're not allowing it. Yeah. This leads the the issue. Well, not really an issue. The, the Toronto Blue Jays have a unique uh, set of circumstances that their minor league team, the AAA team, obviously, if you're listening to this, you know, is in Buffalo. So if the, if they're only like maybe an hour and a half, two hours away, they'll be able to to have these 50 games should they go in Buffalo without fans, which is fine. But you're right. And I do think that this is going to be strangely a case of like quadruple A. Like this is legitimately oh, yeah. the closest thing to quadruple A <laughs> we're going to see. And like, I don't know how serious the players are going to take this. I'm not saying that they're going to say fuck it all. But at the same time, if you're not an immediate contending team, because legitimately now every game counts. Like every single every inning. Don't forget everything. the freaking April thing that we always bitch about. <laughs> everything. This is this is like Wilner's wet dream right now. Everything <laughs> counts. Everything. So if everything counts and you're and you're not legitimately expecting to contend, but you're welcome to the, the surprise and stuff, and you don't really have a trade deadline to you know kind of flirt with. Um, to me, I, I would approach this as you know quadruple A and give Nate Pearson like maybe max like two three innings a game, maybe even that. That might be pushing it. Yeah, but even at that, let's say you do get on that um, ten starts and he only pitches five innings. Oh well, that's fifty innings. Yeah, but you don't want to blow his arm out, you know. <laughs> oh, I get that, but there's also a stretch. I'm I'm in the school of thought that there's two extremes to this, and I've heard John Smoltz say this a bunch of times. Out of all the players in you know recent baseball history, John Smoltz. Hold some right, you know, some ranking on this subject for me. I think the year he got Tommy John surgery, he said was the year before that he was actually limiting his innings and limiting okay. his workouts and things like that. Then he gets freaking hurt after that. He let the thing up and freaking kept it hot. And it was excellent. <laughs> the momentum so, is key. Oh, and it's, I think it's one of those muscle things, you know, like you don't use it, you lose it kind of situations just as much as it is uh, use it too much. It's a yeah. bad thing. Yeah. So I agree that using. Nate Pearson right now too much might be uh might be crazy. I'm not saying let him run out in a freaking 50 game season and pitch every damn inning. It's right. not freaking uh, back in the 30s baseball where you only have one starting pitcher that pitches every inning. Right. <laughs> but the fact that I would like to see him, he 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 approached 100 innings I believe last year. I'd love to see him not take too big of a slide back for that for such a young arm. Yeah, I mean like I definitely want to get his reps in, right? Yeah. And I I think like. It, what what's confusing or not necessarily confusing, but what's weird about the situation is probably around this time at the earliest, assuming a, a normal regular season, um, he might've been called up by now. Maybe, maybe June's a little too early. They might've waited until after the trade deadline to, you but know, depending on the chips fall. Right, right. You never if know. We were contending right now in a major league baseball season and you yeah. maybe don't, think you're getting what you should be out of your fifth starter how do you not bring him up that's what i'm saying and right now he ought to be the designated fifth starter if something went wrong um and knowing the blue jays something went wrong (laughs) so um but i'd be bringing k and everybody up yeah i would just let him go rot wild at this point i'm not going to go out and look for dumpster dive arms for the bullpen if i'm not going to have a minor league baseball season i would just bring these kids up especially any of them that are on the 40-man roster already like anthony k for example Right. There's no reason in hell that he shouldn't be, especially on those days. Let's say they do do the opener thing for Nate Pearson. You've got Anthony Kay to do the next three innings. 
back to your normal bullpen, yeah. right? That's not anything too bad. It's like what they were doing last year with Wilmer Font, but I'd actually pay <laughs> yeah. to see Nate Pearson and Anthony K pitch in the game. Imagine that. That'd be ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so this brings up an interesting question that I kind of wanted to throw. It's a little curveball, you know, baseball puns aside. But um, <laughs> when it comes to the aspect of service time, MLB, I think, in protection of the teams and the GMs and the ownership, I think they're not inclined to give these players uh, a sense of um, uh, any any sense like this year doesn't quote unquote count towards their service time. Yeah. Um, play or not play. So th- I think like when you have a case like Vladimir Guerrero Jr., that's advantageous for the Blue Jays GM. That's very disadvantageous for Vladimir Vlad Guerrero Jr. Jr. So like, how do you think they should approach this? Because you can't necessarily cut that in half. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think they're going to have to find some balance. And I, if that is not in this deal for how many games that they are going to be playing, the Players Association, Players Association really dropped the ball. Yeah, that is a very big deal, especially for how they're pushing things for the next collective bargaining agreement, which is really starting to look pretty bad from the way these negotiations are going for this shortened season stuff. The fact that that Tony Clark has just been slapping aside everything going, fuck you, pay me, basically. (laughs) Sounded very Joe Pesci like from Casino. Yeah, Yeah. Um, I just don't see how that benefits anything but the owners and that's where the whole problem right now is and i do not think that is going to happen i think that if, they, if they don't find some happy middle the players association will not show not, not go for anything short of a, this this year counts sorry deal yeah. with it i would be very sad very well, i'd be sad for the players i really wouldn't even know what to say on that whole thing because you know vlad jr is going to get paid one all day every day but somebody like Anthony Kay not getting the freaking service thing out of that for being working his way out of the 40-man roster last season, yeah, that's a big deal for him. I'm not saying he's going to be bad or anything. We love him, and I think he's destined to be like a third starter, and that's not going to make Vlad Jr. money. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> no. no. And, you know, I do think the only fair way to go about it, and this is, you know, I'm trying to have a pragmatic balance of business and morals here, especially when it comes yeah. to the players. Um, cause again, I'm always for players getting however much money they deserve. Like I am get, take the bank every time. Um, but for me, it's, if you don't play, there was no service to be timed. That's different. I think if they have any shortened season, that's where you figure out where this is going. Right. There's no season. Sorry. Nothing happened. Exactly. You can't, Wait, there's no try, service. How do you bill me when I didn't do anything? It's like multiplying exactly. by zero, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> But I for think those the, uh, younger listeners, if you multiply by zero, it, that means zero. zero. <laughs> or if you're like us and you've been drinking all night and you forgot that. Right. <laughs> it's one, right? No. Um, it, but my, fe- my fear is is if they pay them, you know, so if the players get the salary without the games, where I don't necessarily see that happening, but if that tends to happen... Mm-hmm then that does, I think that kind of should count towards your service time because you got paid, even though you didn't play. Yeah. And that I think that means they're going to have to find something like, you know, like how you ever, you played MLB the show, I'm assuming, oh, yeah, at some point yeah. in your life. Yeah. They had that little service clock thing. If you go yes. on your player card, it's going to be like, instead of it being a full season, it'll be like a 0. 0.5. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's like, going to have to be some that? kind of measurement to gauge if your guy was going to be arbitration eligible. 
right? Dude, imagine that's really that, what it's coming down to. Imagine that, like, in 2000, what is it, 2025 or something, Vlad yeah. is a free agent come July. Like, that'd be so <laughs> fucking weird. Like, that'd be just oh, strange. Oh, my God. But then, and, well, that's how it, like, that's how the, the video game tracks it, because it's, it's impossible for it to track any right. other way in a video yeah. game world. But in real life, you know, they play, I think it's like, they, they get, make it onto the 40-man roster, and then after they do that, it's so many games they play in the majors or yes. how long they've been on the 40-man roster. Yes. So there's got to be a way in there, though, to, like, if you were on that tipping point to be eligible at the major league level for that, mm-hmm. right, and you did play this half season, sorry, free agent, for the yeah. coming season. Yeah. You yeah. Know? It's Again, these are issues that I am – personally glad i do not have to deal with because <laughs> this is just a lot of mathematics and funny yeah like so i told you at the beginning i'm not the smart one of the group so i don't i don't know how i would handle this but it is it, it is something i had on my desk maybe something useful will come out maybe i've tried it doesn't work for me so if it works for you more, maybe your desk is just maybe your don't desk is smarter mine. than my desk um but <laughs> when it comes to those service time issues and when it comes to the issue of play I personally, with all this bickering back and forth, you see other sports leagues figuring it out. NBA, no problem. Let's just go back yeah. in with the 22-team format. All you other eight teams that aren't playing, ah, whatever, you suck anyway. No problem. <laughs> Sounds we'll, like my Sabres. That's what I'm saying. Like, no no problem. I think the NHL is, like, on cl- par to figuring it out, or they're close to figuring it out. They're, they're basically following the NBA format. There you go. They're gonna, only so many teams are going to make it. And it was more or less if you were above at the – end of the season where it did end basically where they thought it was gonna be done and over with period yeah. they're going to pick up with anybody that's above this level okay and right. unfortunately the buffalo sabers yeah. not there. Yeah, they're not <laughs> the, there. the drought continues but they what still were my able... teams man none of my teams can win what are you talking about the bills went to the playoffs bills yeah bills and how long how long did it take us to get back to there i better start drinking again <laughs> it only took a couple years remember tyrod took us to the play playoffs two years earlier with mcdermott so the last year we were before that, though, was with Flutie. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. where I'm talking. That big yeah. window. Then the Blue Jays were at, what, 23? So 1993 to, to 2015. Yeah, so yeah. To, uh, 22 years. Um, but, yeah. same thing. It's well, been you gotta, eight years you now. Just be a Raptors <laughs> fan, man. You I'm, can, I'm just going to have to get back into watching basketball again. My daughter's starting to play. There the it rings. is. Count the rings. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> One. Anyways. One less than the Blue Jays, though. But anyways, there you go. One more than the Bills. So there you go. Yeah. I know. I'm with you. I'm with you. But look, like, I I personally don't want to be the guy that's like cynical about everything. I kind of want to be a realist about it. Yeah. NBA's figuring out. MLS is figuring it out. NHL's figuring out. Fucking NASCAR is figuring out. MLB can't figure it out, dude. You're doomed. I'm sorry, you're doomed. And this is not good for the future of baseball. No. The young players. We've touched on this. Not good. Not one stinking bit. Because the fact is, they're already outbounds all those sports. Yes, I'm sorry. I'm even lumping NASCAR into this. Baseball fans yeah. are you and I, and the hardcore fans, and then pretty much nobody else. There you have. There is a certain group of people that love baseball, and it's a big group. Don't get me wrong, but I'm sorry. The rest of the people have to go to the game, and if you don't have the games to go to for a social event, I it's going to be really rough. I think. Even though if we do have this 50 game season to have them actually get the what they're expecting, you know, it's going to be one of those things. I think that they will get enough viewership out of everybody clamoring for sports 
And of course, the gambling, you know, Vegas will be happy again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's going to be hard to, it's, it's already hard enough to get young fans interested. So it's either going to be a feast or famine situation where they're so excited over this 50 game season because it's okay. Well, it might be a nine inning baseball game, but I don't have to watch it from April to September. Right. <laughs> Maybe the 50 games is a sweet number right there in the middle, but it seems a, to me like it's just enough to tease me that I'm going to wish baseball lasts through December. <laughs> see, like if I see a 50 game series season, I'm just kind of like, I don't, I don't care. Like I just, I, at that point, what's the point? But maybe that's just me failing to adjust and refusing to adjust. I don't, I don't know. I'll have to see. I, I'm sure when it comes on, I'll be thirsty and I'll definitely watch it. But, you know, especially it, when Vladdy, as soon as he starts getting the yeah. freaking, you know, whatever going and <laughs> Bo gets the hair flowing in the wind, <laughs> that's you're going to be you're going to be clamoring for it. Plus, you know, we have these cheeky shenanigans every set, every Friday and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We have to keep up. But like when it yeah. comes to, um, you know, let's just say that the season is scrapped altogether and MLB and the MLBPA don't, don't get their shit together and come to an agreement. For me, it's kind of like you don't have steroids to pump back into this game to reignite interest, kind of like you did in 94 and some of 95. Like, you just don't. Yeah. And, well, after 95, I should say. Um, maybe the key then is to do something a little bit more organic with tweaking the game. And it's like you're risking alienating the, the hardcore fans that have been with you throughout this time. But at the same time, that isn't as long-lasting as introducing new fans. So maybe the key is to have a shortened season, maybe even shortened games and to like flirt with these things that people have been flirt floating out there, like seven inning games or like starting a runner at second and in, in extra innings or whatnot. Like maybe you might as well make it wild if you're only going to have a 50 yeah. game season, right? To me, bring it's a softball act. game, you know? Yeah. So if you, if you make it to a full count, let's bring out the beach ball and let's see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or the cork bats at that point, yes. like bring out a cork bat. You get a fungo bat instead of a yeah. real bat. You're O2. Yeah. <laughs> Bring out a golf ball and a metal bat. See what happens. It's going to end up like that show on freaking ABC. What is it about the golfing that uh, Steph Curry freaking does? Uh, holy moly. You see yeah. that? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but like, what do you do? Like, how do you maybe is that the way? So if they do something drastic like that in 2021, are you going to stop watching? Or are you going to be like, I need to sort of adjust what I view as traditional in order to sort of conform to this new view of baseball for the sake of keeping its longevity alive for the younger crowd. Yeah. I, I think as long as the guy that's running major league baseball right now, I'm sorry to say for everybody, nothing's changing. I agree. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> He's too stuck in his ways and he doesn't listen to anything. And for most reasons, I am very happy with that, but there are some things in our game that could change and maybe bring in some younger fans. The first thing is actually marketing your players. And when mm -hmm. they can't even agree with the ownership and the players association on jack shit, I'm sorry to say there's always going to be players like Mike Trout, Boba Shett, whoever at that point that are not marketed properly for all of Major League Baseball to bring in viewers. I will tell you right now, that's one thing that the Blue Jays have at least done in the last, what, probably five, ten years well, period, of marketing their players. The fact that they have their own cover for Major League Baseball, the show, every year, and it showcases a Blue Jay player through the whole country. Yeah, That is a very, very one-off thing that, in all reality, is pretty much lost in the shuffle. But Loris Gurriel Jr. came out of the gate this year and actually did something really, really good and was on that damn cover. Right. <laughs> right. No, the, so. the, you're right. And, you know, for me, it's I, I do remember that one of the proposals 
from the MLBPA to the MLB is to have their players mic'd up to have a more interactive experience for the fans. <laughs> that was one of the, the coolest players. things ever in spring so training. So awesome, dude. That's what I'm saying. It's so awesome. But the MLB is like, no. And I'm just like, they're afraid that not? the sign stealing thing is too fresh in everybody's minds. And I might have saw one of the best tweets I've seen in a long time with everything that's going on in the news. It said coronavirus. It was one of the twins guys. I don't remember who it was, but it said coronavirus. I hate you. Please, I don't hate you. Something else. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, Astros, I still hate you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but like, at the, like, how awesome would that be if you can hear the interactions, if you could hear like the guys chatting, if someone walks to first, like if, if I don't know, if, if Boba Shett walks to first and he's at, at first base with whoever and they're chatting it up and whatnot like to yeah. me that's like i want to hear those conversations i i want to hear that and if you can sort of prevent the opposition from getting a hold of that audio that'd be cool i don't know how like intricate that would be in terms of the workings but at the same time like let's just have fun with it if it's 50 games who fucking cares at, at point? this point you might go. as well right yeah so I, I'm not gonna lie. I don't think it gets any better than freaking Chris Bryant sitting in the freaking batter's box doing the Henry Rowan Gardner. Yeah. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! While the pitch is coming in. <laughs> yeah. That I was. I saw that on a highlight, and I was literally. I, I think I actually was on the ground rolling and laughing. I really don't think there's anything different about the whole thing. It was just ridiculous. It's awesome. And I and the thing is, you know, these things are going through the players' minds all day, yes. every day in the games. Yeah. And there is not anything weird going on at a point where it's creepy or anything like that. It's, these guys are playing a freaking game for their living. Yeah. And you, to tell me, it, yes, it is a paycheck, but the fact that you are having a, a good time all day, every day, and... I think him and Rizzo were the best, period. Yeah. I just thought that was hilarious in the fact of that. And I really think they should find more guys like that and just roll the dice. What's the worst case scenario? Something doesn't work and then you scrap it. For right now, that is the perfect reason to at least throw out good content on eh, Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> and you know and what? Even these if, guys listening. Even if you don't go the Twitter route and you want to be greedy as fuck about it and charge them them being the fans us more like if if you want to watch oh. games for free on twitter yeah. fine or on your cable broadcast system fine we won't include that sort of in-game audio when it comes to the players but if you want to pay and you want to buy mlb tv we'll we'll allow that and it might be explicit but you're paying for it so it's not breaking yeah. any fcc laws so at that at that point i'm like i want to see that like yeah. Microphone Trevor Bauer the entire game. Oh I'm listening. God. I'm listening. <laughs> the whole game. I'm listening. You know he's talking to himself that whole time on the mound, too. And then but I'm listening. Fuck you. Wait, hold on, I got this. Yes. <laughs> and then like Frank Kona comes. Fuck. <laughs> you know? Oh, that was the best reaction ever. And that now, if anybody was gonna be mic'd up in that situation, Tito might have been the one to have. <laughs> what, but would you pay extra to see that? I would. 100%. That's I'm already paying freaking hundred something dollars every year for the MLB.tv thing anyway, because you and I never get a chance to actually watch Blue Jays watch games it. down here yes. in the States, the whole South of the Six deal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It, it's just, there's got, there's so many little things that they could be doing. And if they aren't going to take advantage of that in a shortened season, when are you going to do it? This yeah. is a, if you're going to experiment with things around the game, this is the perfect time to do it. Agree to the damn 50 games, whatever the MLBPA is asking, because one way or the other, your owners are losing something. That's what I'm saying. And if you want to make more revenue, allow them to mic up and charge fans extra, because I promise you when it comes to this, like you, if if you have the opportunity to say, OK, we're going to we're going to broadcast all the Blue Jays games on Sportsnet with piped in crowd noise with 
without the without the players piped in, right? Please you do what the KBO option. is doing at least and have like the fucking stuffed animals and shit right. in the stands because that so shit's you, hilarious. You can have <laughs> that, and I'd be like, all right, that's cool for free, but fans, if you want to pay extra, no crowd noise, unless you want it, you have the opportunity to pick and choose. You can yeah. choose to have the crowd noise plugged in with no player interaction. You can choose to just have the fan interaction, I mean the player interaction, or you can have both. I would pay a premium. I would pay 200 bucks a year for that. I pre- For yeah. 50 games, I would pay 200 bucks. Dead serious. And for the owner situation that is greedier than all hell. Yeah. We know that the reason that these things have not happened for what, where we are right now is the perfect microcosm of why Major League Baseball is failing. Yeah. The fact that they don't even like highlights. How long does it take to see a Jose Bautista bat flip after the bat flip just because they won't release the actual media to anybody? You got luckily we have a lot of good Blue Jays fans that do a very good job of making gifts. Yes. 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 <laughs> Cheers to you guys out there. But as far as that goes. Major League Baseball is missing that opportunity to bring in fans because of that whole aspect. And if they don't hurry up and get with the times as far as the technology goes, I'm sorry, another home run derby game on my fucking iPad ain't quite going to cut it. (laughs) Sorry, it's not. Well, hopefully they get their shit together and hopefully they come to some sort of an agreement. Like I said, if you're going to do a 50 game season, I don't like it on paper. Like Prima Fascia, I don't like it. But at the same time, if you're going to have these extra hurdles or not hurdles, extra bonuses, like piping in the the players and having to hear what they're saying, like explicits and all, sign me up. I'm I'm in. I'm on. I'm all in. I'll pay 200 bucks for 50 games. I'm telling MLB yeah. if you're listening. I know you are. If you're listening, I want to hear. I want to hear Mike Trout's inner thoughts while he's just chewing up freaking Major League Baseball pitchers. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what oh, I'm saying. oh, that's right. Okay, power outage. Come yeah. here, fastball up and high. Oh, see you later. <laughs> yeah. I want to I like I want to hear managers like complain about stuff like complain about calls. I want to hear the yeah. umpire manager fights. I want to hear those. I want to hear them verbatim everything. Yeah. I want to hear like the fact that I heard these rumors that Paul Molitor, when he was the manager of the twins was calling out what the pitcher was going to be throwing that next pitch. And he was right like 90% of the time what the twins hitters were saying. I want to hear it. Why not? I want to hear yeah. it. Perfect. All right. Well, speaking of Paul Monitor, uh, Paul Monitor, Paul Molitor, let's move <laughs> on to our Mount Rushmore. I have to tell you right now, he is not on it, but uh, oh. it was a nice little segue just to have him just there to you you know, mention you know, someone from the past. But all right. So when it comes to a Mount Rushmore, we pick our top four Blue Jays of all time. Uh, let's just go back. It's hard forth. enough as it is. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, it's really hard to narrow it down to four. But let's just go back and forth. I'm going to give you the floor first. Who is your it doesn't have to be in any particular order, but I, yeah. I have a feeling our number ones are going to be the same. So go ahead. I have a strange feeling that you are also thinking the guy we were talking about at the top of the hour. Yeah. Yeah. Strange. Same. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, very strange. No one would pick Roy Halladay. So, so no, uh, he didn't do anything while he was a Blue Jay. <laughs> right. Right. So, no, Roy Halladay is the shoe in, in my opinion, the cornerstone player of our franchise. Yeah. It showcases the best of what Blue Jays players have been and will ever be, right? The fact that the story amongst itself is just crazy, you know, had all the prospect power in the world. Comes up. Yeah, okay, in his first couple, you know, and then the no-hitter, and then kind of kept going downhill. Yeah, He still is on record as the highest Major League Baseball ERA for a guy that's pitched over, like, the, the minimum, right, 60, 70 innings a season or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. A starting pitcher, 10.82. Yeah, yes. And then goes down and tears it all down. 
I remember watching him when he came up, man, and it was literally he couldn't go any more over the top. Yeah. There was no way of doing anything different than that nice, beautiful three-quarter arm slot comes back when he comes back from the minors and works all the way, like literally from Dunedin all the way back up. How do you not fall in love with something like that? Homegrown talent, and I don't like not Canadian talent. I'm just saying when it comes to going up through the system, homegrown yeah. talent. Uh, the Blue Jays took a chance on him young. This kid was young. Um, yeah. He was, for me, at a time where like that was my coming of age in life and in baseball, right? Yeah. So I'm I'm 34 right now. So watching him during the the most terrible times of baseball for Blue Jays, it was a treat every single time. Every fifth day, it was just a treat to watch. And I I just can't I can't say enough good things about him, man. Like for me, having the ability to have someone like that on your team. The closest thing at that time, and this is not even a good comparison, the closest thing at that time was Ted Lilly, and Ted Lilly wasn't even that great. But still, like you you were able to have um, Roy Halladay produce this, these, these gems week in, week out, these amazing games, and it's oftentimes for like the longest times, it was just incredible to see. So for me, having him as my number one, I personally think he's really hard to put him up against Alomar, but he is, for me, my favorite Blue Jay, and I'd say very close to being the greatest Blue Jay of all time. Yeah, and I guess you're just, now you're going to get the segue points here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because this, if I yes. was going to go number two, Roberto Alomar is full-on easily my yes. favorite player of all time, and as much as I love Roy Halladay, it is a very, very close competition for Roberto Alomar and Roy Halladay to me. Yes. And I I grew up wearing the number 12 in May, because. In, and, and because I love Roberto Alomar. Yeah. I was the only guy. I always had that little sense of pride knowing that I knew some, I, that my favorite player was just as good as the other people that everybody yeah. else loves, the Ken Griffey Juniors, the Frank Thomases, and everything like that. Because that was always the argument in my house with my brother being a White Sox fan at the time growing up. Yeah, sneaky, right? Okay. <laughs> he he eventually went over to the evil empire, and I mostly blame his now wife for that. But <laughs> she's nice. I can't I can't complain. Okay, right. better than a Red Sox fan for me. Personally. He didn't just jump on the bandwagon. He actually joined right the the Yankee Empire crap on the downcline. So I can yeah. only be so upset with him. Okay. Right. Right. <laughs> but in the midst of that, Roberto Alomar, I. And honestly, the thing that I caught first with Roberto Alomar watching him on Sports Center and stuff, because you know how it is here in the States. We don't get the pleasure of being able to watch baseball games back then when we were kids. The Internet was Toronto not a Blue thing. Jays. No so, such thing. Now, yeah. there's this, you know, dial up thing that made like a screeching weird yeah. noise. And the, you know, the only thing you had was AOL Sports and Sports and Stats Inc. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't watch live there's games. No highlights. Yes. No nothing crazy, you know. So the only time I was able to get highlights was for watching on Sports Center in the morning, you know, and just just watching Roberto Alomar be as cool as the underside of the pillow. Right. <laughs> it was right. a thing of sheer beauty. And it was mostly his defense I actually fell in love right. with first. Because, yeah. you know, regardless of the fact that he was always one of the best hitters on the team, <laughs> that glove, oh my God, dude. There was literally, in my opinion – no better defensive second baseman in all of Major League Baseball history. Yeah, I, I can, I can make an that. argument with a couple, but that many gold gloves over that long of a period. Yeah, I can get there. 
I can, Joe like, Morgan, more offensive, right? <laughs> you know, things like yeah. that. Is it controversial had, for me to say that I still think Johnny Mack is the best defensive player we've ever had? I wouldn't be shocked by that. Okay. Johnny like Mack maybe is metrics a heck don't of a stud. That. Yeah. But then again, don't remember, don't forget, we actually had Omar Vizquel for a year. That's too. true. <laughs> yeah, but he was he was drawing on baseballs towards the end of that year. So. But have you seen? Yeah, there was. <laughs> have you seen that video though of him on Twitter? He's just like he's like you know he's just like going like this with the ball in his glove yeah. going on, and all of a sudden you see him just go. And the ball's in the glove, and you didn't even know what the hell. I, I'm yeah. not even kidding. You can't slow down that footage quick enough yeah. to actually see Omar Vizquel move that ball from one end yes. to the other. Yes. <laughs> so, but no, it, it ends all in that. To me, Roberto Alomar is probably the the stud, that all round player that we were had been looking for as a baseball fan in Toronto for years, and finally we were able to get. And it did hurt to change a guy, a trade a guy that was probably destined to be part of this whole conversation here for this Mount Rushmore. If he wasn't, I, I say he's got to be, you know, he's just been outplayed by a few guys, but that's Tony Fernandez. God mm. rest his soul. Mm. Yeah. So for me, Alomar is, I think he's the de facto greatest Blue Jay of all time. Yeah. Um, I, I think that with everything that he was able to do, the clutch hitting, and as you mentioned, the fielding, like especially that 1992 World Series, like it's just. I still tribute that home run to yes. the fact that we were, we all of a sudden were relevant. Yes, yeah, the we momentum joke. It was a shift, point. choke artists. Yes, it was a so. momentum shift right after that. Um, he was the first Blue Jay to be inducted, right? He's technically the only Blue Jay to be inducted. Well, inducted. yeah, <laughs> but Halliday was like both or whatever like correct but he's yeah. not wearing roberto alomar is the only toronto blue jay to be to wearing a, a blue jay hat on yes black yes there are i believe it's i think it was 10 or 11 players that played with the blue jays that are in the hall of fame right the, the right. paul molitors the phil necros <laughs> you know that we had for here and there so yeah so those that, kind that of things that lends credence to his status as a blue jay um in terms 100%. of legendary status he is to me the greatest Blue Jay of all time. Um, it's one of those things that if you're a younger fan and you're just getting into baseball, you have within the past decade and you haven't done the homework when it comes to Roberto Alomar, I strongly suggest you do. Even his tenure after the Blue Jays, I strongly suggest that you look up this player's uh, highlights in this. If you can watch some full games with him, even better. If you can watch, if nothing else, watch the 1992 and 93 World Series, all the games straight through. Um, Are you trying to segue for next week's show? Yeah, there's that. There's that. I don't want to do an early segue. We'll, we'll tease at the minute. Yeah. So, like, so. I, I've made this distinction before about the greatest versus best. So, like, when it comes to the Raptors, the greatest Raptor of all time is Kyle Lowry. The best Raptor of all time is Kawhi Leonard. So there's that yeah. distinction. The it's a very great, distinct. Yeah, the greatest, to me, Blue Jay of all time is Roberto Alomar. But I think, in a way, the best, and this is my three, is Josh Donaldson. I think Josh Donaldson's the best Blue Jay. Like, I cannot... Maybe it's because the the gap between Roberto Alomar and 2015 when Josh Donaldson came up was so it sets wide. sets the world like, on fire, like along with just, his hair. <laughs> you ignite when you see Josh Donaldson, but to me, like, I have not been so thrilled and, like, captivated by someone playing on a Blue Jays field since Roberto Alomar watching yeah. Josh Donaldson. So for me, he's my third guy on the Mount Rushmore. 
Yeah, that 2015 season, we've talked about it a lot. You People like us were excited because we knew a little bit about what Josh Donaldson had been doing in Oakland. He comes into this ball club and instantly sets the world on fire. Yeah. There is not any real different way of saying it. It is that big of an analogy. This dugout completely changes, and it was a championship team out of spring training. Yes, there had to be a few pieces added later out of that fact to really push it over the curve to where we really probably should have won a World Series in 2015. Yeah. But Josh Donaldson, guys, come on. Oh, every time he stepped into the batter's box, you felt like something special was going to happen. Just like when Roberto Alomar was playing with the Blue Jays. This isn't as much as I love Joe Carter, Paul Malder, and the rest of the Whamco company. You didn't get that feeling when Johnny O stepped into the batter's box. There was this intensity. You know, things are electric, you know, as soon as Josh Donaldson comes in. And I think a lot of that, he's he cemented himself as a Blue Jay staple with those first couple walk offs after joining the team in 2015 and then continued to make that a regular thing for the whole freaking season. <laughs> it might be a short burst as far as all these other guys that we're talking yeah. about that were career Blue Jays. But the fact that, oh, my God, there is no big, no better sample size of any Blue Jays career player than what Josh Donaldson contributed to Blue Jays history. It's funny because the the irony of this all is that when it comes to Josh Donaldson, he's everything within two years that we thought Brett Laurie was going to be for his entire <laughs> career with the Blue Jays. It's Don't true. Don't make Brett Laurie jokes when I'm drinking. <laughs> I mean, like you can't you can't like separate the two because like at the time Brett Laurie was this Canadian darling that the Blue Jays were so attached to, and it's more because of the image rather than the production, right? Whereas Josh Donaldson had both, right? He had the swagger, and it was sort of like an under-the-radar swagger. Like, Brett Laurie was so intense, and it was more, like, explicit with his intensity. Red Bull face! Yeah, and and the (laughs) the sleeves and the tattoos and the arguing with the umpires and shit. But when it came to Josh Donaldson, like, he came to the plate, and you're just like, oh. (laughs) like this guy's like got it going on tv yes and for me he is like although like his peak with the blue jays was only like let's face it like two years that he still had everyone wants to highlight 2015 and for good reasons but 2016 was almost as good like almost as good for it really was and there's no reason he shouldn't have won an MVP back to back. Yeah. It's just Mike Trout. I'm sorry, Mike Trout. Yeah. I mean, you can't. <laughs> you can't. I just think it's still amazing that in that time frame there, that that his first his last couple of years in Oakland into his Toronto Blue Jays tenure, the best war producers in all of Major League Baseball are Mike Trout and Josh Donaldson. Yeah. Yeah. And it, that that says something because everybody knows what Mike Trout does yeah. <laughs> and it does nothing but destroy pitching yeah. <laughs> and shatter dreams for pitchers <laughs> basically and hitters <laughs> exactly that too yeah. but and but I, I that was the perfect acquisition for a team and I honestly if the freaking Oakland A's tank in the next year and the Blue Jays aren't knocking on that door again for Matt Chapman I'm gonna be upset <laughs> I mean that'd be great that'd be great you know it's it's I just missed the time. And even his last year, last year rather, with Atlanta, I was just like, you did well, man. Like, he sort of had a research. He really did. Completely, Comeback player of the year. Yeah, he, he played very well. So he was obviously dealing with some physical issues with it during his tenure with the Blue Jays and then when he got shipped off. But 
Um, Brett Lowry I, I, might have been right about the turf. Yes, yes, maybe. <laughs> and maybe that's why they they shifted it to actual dirt in the infield. I don't know. But it, yeah. it's it's something that I don't think any Blue Jays fans that was fortunate enough, that were fortunate enough to watch it in 2015, 2016. You can talk about David Price. And I don't want to bury the lead when it comes to the other player I'm saying. But you could talk about David Price. You could talk yeah. about Edwin. You could talk about Mark Stroman, Aaron Sanchez, Russell Martin during that time. I figured out what you're saying. Just so Yeah. Estrada, <laughs> the only player I'm not purposely mentioning will be the other guy in my top four. Yeah. But you could talk about all these other players. Even Gibby. You can talk about these these personalities that really made a difference. To Lewiski, that really made a difference. But Josh Donaldson is the one that really pushed it over the edge. Now, see, you ruined it for me. I thought it was John Gibbons who was the guy who was going to be on your Mount Rushmore. <laughs> I thought about <laughs> so. it. I thought about it. So why don't you take the show here? Go ahead. So I'm just assuming you're going Jose, Joey Batflip. It was, it was, it is Joey. It was very <laughs> close because it was either going to be him or Bell. It was very yeah. close, but I went. I had a day. strange feeling you were going to go, but I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to leave it out here to give me your four, your four missed guys here in a minute because oh, I, four missed. <laughs> Who just misses it for you? Because I think there's a couple guys that I'd like to talk about for a second that sure. I think could have been considered. Because so Steve, as far as ten years, yep, Steve would be Steve one. But I think missed, we gotta talk Jose first. Come on. All Fox. right, let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk Jose. So Jose <laughs> is the guy that made it for me. He is my fourth. Um, there is no. Ah, it's close because I understand we won a World Series with the home run from Joe Carter. I'm not taking anything away. Yeah. But I, as far I as crucial moment yeah. in all of baseball history. Like white knuckling. All baseball history. Yeah. I'm not just talking Blue Jay history. Yeah. Is there, I would almost put the, the Jose Bautista bat flip in some, and probably in the top 10, maybe at least top 25 home runs in Major League Baseball history. There is no tenser moment than what was going on in that ballpark prior to that home run. And then those errors leading up to that just makes you kind of go, something special is going to happen here. What the heck's going to happen? And then watching him do that and, and watching literally the cameras shake in the ballpark yes. through the baseball field or the uh, through the TV. And it's just, oh, my God, there's, it's a stuff of dreams, man. And the lowest of the lows to the highest of highs within the course of an hour. It was the microcosm of being a Blue Jays fan. During yeah. that time, like everything <laughs> yeah, that happened 100%. before 2015, like I so the seventh, the top of the seventh inning to me is a perfect representation of 2013. Your your, you know, your expectations were so high and they yeah. come crashing down and that team was just terrible in 2013. But then 100%. you have the bottom of the seventh inning and that is 2015 where everything comes to a fucking crescendo and just yeah. explodes and you're like <laughs> you are full of euphoria let's go we got this but i don't want to just highlight just one moment even though it is the most crucial moment as a toronto blue jays fan when it comes to jose bautista you look at the circumstances of his mlb tenure until he reached the blue jays he was a nobody, like literally a nobody. He went from Pittsburgh to Kansas City to New all York. These, Baltimore, New York, like <laughs> everywhere. All he was the teams. guy that never was. He was nobody. Exactly. He was a nobody. Everybody and thought then, he was going to do something and never peaked out. And then he became Jose Bautista when it comes to his tenure as a Blue Jay. I remember when he was rocking number 23 with the mustache, yep. with the Blue Jays. <laughs> and I, and pe that's when he was just starting to become something. And then yeah. he changed his number to 19, and then like a season or two and later, like he gets 50. Off. Yeah, it's just, you can't it's beat It's amazing it. what a little bit of the right coach in Cito Gaston and the batting, I don't remember who the batting coach was at that time, yeah, but he sure. started really taking off that right after he was required from the Pirates. Yes. 
Yeah. And I don't know how much of that was because you, you saw those first like 10 games. He was doing his normal everyday swing. And then you could start to see him doing the leg kick. Yes. And it was starting to creep into the stuff a little bit. And there was just that little bit of hope that it looked like, okay, you know, the power is there. I can see why they're interested in this guy, you know, and then everything just goes nuts. 54 home runs in a freaking season. Everybody's like, who the fuck is this guy? I remember being the reason I won my fantasy baseball league that year was because I was like, I I think I had him. I think You're I all in. whoever the hell my third baseman was at the time. Right, right. Like 10 games into the season because I had already seen what he did the prior like 20, 30 games in you know, late late August, early September of the previous year. And I'm like, okay, he's real now. I'm just going to run yeah. with this because I, I had that idea tucked into my back pocket and I'm like, I'm going to draft third base. Like last, I'm going to draft yeah. everything else because I knew I might've had an ACE in the hole with this random sleeper. Oh fuck. I paid off man. that one big time. <laughs> you know, like him and Edwin stories are quite similar in the fact that they weren't, they didn't belong at third base and they found their groove in other positions. Edwin, I mean, first base, I don't want to take you know, advantage of the difficulties of playing first base, but at the same time, like, I don't, Hattie. yeah, like, <laughs> I don't think it's necessarily as difficult as, as other positions, but like, yeah. you, you know, having those two switched positions and then really starting to take off at kind of the same time. Right. Yeah. And, and that's and, what peaked us out. Yeah. And then it when really you throw, is. again, th- throw Josh Donaldson in the mix, it's a deadly combination. But for that, like, I have to put Jose Bautista as my four. Um, we can talk about the guys that just crept in if you want to go with yeah. that. But I got one more thing to say on the Jose Bautista. Sure, thing. yeah. Imagine if we actually had a right fielder. Let's say we yeah. actually held on to Alex Rios. Yeah. Cannon for an arm. Yeah. And he ended up having the kind of career I think Blue Jays fans expected to have for him. He won a World Series. Toronto. He, he won, won a World, World Series. Series against us. Yes. <laughs> so I, if we held on to him, I really think that Jose Bautista still would have been still Jose Bautista playing third base every day. You think so? I still think there was, it's the, it's a Vladdy situation all mm. over, right? Mm. He has such a crazy arm that it was going to make up for the lack of range. Yeah. Just because he would have been able to pivot and rifle that thing over the first. Yeah. We saw it plenty of times from right field. <laughs> How many yeah. guys did he throw out that that 2015 season alone? I feel like he had a ton of assists from right field. Dude, he's still grinding. He's trying to be a pitcher now. He could be. I really would not be shocked by that. He's athletic enough. I don't I still think he could have been playing Major League Baseball on some team. Yeah, I would have wished it was the Blue Jays, but I really just think that it was not the right timing. Now, if something all of a sudden crazy happened this year, I hope they're fucking calling up in Dude, five seconds. In, I, I hate to say this. I hate, I hate to even put it out there. But you put him in Tampa. I I was shocked that never materialized. Right? You, you put him into that and throw him in the six or seven spot. Oh, my God. He's still going to hit you 20 fucking home runs. And, he, and now, if he can, now if he can pitch. Yes. <laughs> and, and you know that Rays love their cheap pitching. Dude, they love Correct. it. They love so, it. The fact that uh, I know – Stroman's Twitter can be, you know, loaded. Yeah. I'll say is the best way of saying it. But the fact that, you know, Stroman is a, a good major league pitcher regardless. Yes. Right. Yeah. The fact that he's saying that Tony, that, that yeah, I almost went Tony Batista. <laughs> Jose has got the yeah. arm to be able to handle this. And we've seen it from right field. Yeah. It would not shock me that he catches fire enough to be a national league freaking pinch hitter pitcher. 
It's got to be. Period. He's got to just work on the control. If the control yeah. is there and he can zero in on the strike zone, fuck man. I. Yeah. If if he's costing you pennies on the dollar, just try it out. Who cares? Throw it out. What's the worst case scenario? You got a guy that yeah. can be a DH too. Fucking Shohei Otani. <laughs> if he's like yo league minimum just to pitch. And I'll start in AAA. What are we? What are you waiting for? What do you have to lose? I did yeah. that wild card all day, every day, knowing how competitive Jose Bautista is. Period. So, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> enough yeah. gushing on Jose Bautista. Yeah. Who just misses it for you? Bell. Bell just okay. missed it. Like George Bell just was... misses. Like you had him and Jose Bautista. Yes. Like, all right. Yes, and it was very close, but I had to keep in mind like. The 54 home runs, the transitions, and his, uh, you know. MVP. MVP. Yeah, I know. First Blue Jay to do it. But bat flip. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I think it's hilarious because in the midst of this, I happen to be talking about somebody with the, dry, the drive for 85 mm-hmm. in the past week. And apparently I might be six degrees from Kevin Bacon from somebody on that team. I'll elude you on that later. Okay. <laughs> I just found this out. Oh, wow. friend. So in the midst of that, that team was not, like what we were talking about, 2015 Blue Jays, kind of more or less a write-off, right? No, yeah. no just fuck them. They're not going to make the playoffs. They'll be just a 500 team and they won't make it. Right. That was the whole mentality for 85. George Bell and Jesse Barfield, Lloyd Mosby and company made this franchise not an afterthought. Everybody up until from 77 to 85 to begin that season, the Blue Jays were nothing. Yeah. George Bell was the centerpiece for that whole thing and the eventual MVP. Yeah. Period. Yeah. So had a great season. And honestly, I wish they signed him up for a little bit longer. But in all reality, it didn't show up to be that much of a big loss because he had a really rough time after leaving the Toronto Blue Jays. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think he would have been good if he was in Toronto a little longer, though. Yeah. It's a home comfy thing, I think. I don't take anything away from his abilities. I think he's outstanding. And he was like the first, like, super bright spot, I feel. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Him, Barfield, and Tony Fernandez. Right. I would think are the, and Mosby, obviously. Right. That that Um, four were the real core of this team to start off. And I don't want to tease too much to my next guy, so I'll let. (laughs) So. We touched on him already, and it's kind of a controversial pick. My next person, and I say person, to be on my Blue Jays Mount Rushmore is AA. I'd put Alex Anthopoulos on there. If you're going to do that, I think you also have to be putting Pat Gillick in that like same bing, bing, boom, boom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I just feel like Alex Anthopoulos was a little bit more crafty. Correct. He was the wild card that nobody saw yeah. coming. Yes, Known as the silent assassin. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm still waiting for that podcast. Yeah, I do. A- I, AA acknowledge. I, I want <laughs> my DMs are open, Alex. Like anytime. He so. literally could film that like uh, what is that unsolved mysteries. That's what I'm saying. And just be that's... like, hi, I'm Alex Anthopoulos. And tonight All... on that's it. AA acknowledges. Yeah. <laughs> All I want to do is talk to him about the trades that never were. And I just want to yeah. pick his brain. That's all I want to do. Perfect. 100%. My DMs are open, Alex. Just text me anytime. <laughs> I hope we have him on speed dial. I know That'd we be don't, awesome. but I hope we have him on speed dial. That'd be awesome. Where's, where's the team's hookup for that? It's <laughs> uh, a good call. There's a, there's a contacts? No, there's not. There's a chat nah, box. It's, our contacts chat. is completely empty, and you know it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so the other one that misses it just for me is Dave Steve. I Yes, yes. 
So he's my next one, but go ahead. So I don't want to bury it. And then I'm going to say Jimmy Key would be a very close after the fact because the only reason I can't include Jimmy Key in that same conversation as Dave Steeb is because Dave Steeb was a full Blue Jay where, unfortunately, the Blue Jays management split with with, uh, Jimmy Key. Right. And, unfortunately, he goes to the Evil Empire and then the Orioles and just kind of continues to decimate the American League East, which included Mm. us. Yes. Yeah. I I didn't get – I never had more fun than watching Jimmy Key pitch until Roy Holiday. Right. Yeah. So, there's something crafty about him that I just loved watching how he Dave Steve had the stuff to blow it by you. Oh yeah. Jimmy Key had the stuff that he just knew he was better than you and was going to trick you one way or the other. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's way more crafty, way more finesse. hundred percent. Yeah. Mark Burley. Yes. For yes. the young fans. <laughs> yes. Even that might be a little too old for the young fans at this point. Um, oh, come on. Enough of them are millennials and no 2015. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so I noticed that, that old you and 30 I. 30-year-olds like us that just love baseball. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I noticed you and I do not have, and probably for good reason, we do not have Joe Carter on this list. And again, I'm not taking anything away from his talents, but when you really break it down, like he had probably one of the most iconic, if not the most iconic moment in Blue Jays history, depending right. on where you stand. He won a World Series for us. Mm-hmm. Twice. Twice almost. I mean, he caught the ball the first yeah. time. <laughs> but, it was um, a little easier than hitting a three-run home run that's to win. True. Just saying. <laughs> so I guess Mike Timlin won the first one, technically. But, um, you know, for me, it's just like he wasn't great. Like, he's a great Blue Jay, but as an overall baseball player, he's not great in my mind. Would you disagree? He was Mr. Consistency that the Blue Jays needed. He was, he was just like hit you with 20, 30. Yeah. He was gonna hit you 30 home runs a year, bat about 260, 280, and yeah. have 100 RBIs. He was and really that's exactly good. what that team needed in the middle yes. of that order between yes. White, Alomar, and everybody. Him yeah. shoe in between Alomar and Olerud in the lineup, perfect. Yes, yes. You knew he was gonna drive those guys in, but he was not going to the crazy cliff end level of Josh Donaldson or you know Jose Bautista like we were talking to originally and he right. didn't have all the tools of somebody like Roberto Alomar. He was a run producer. Yes. Period. He drove yeah. in runs and every major league baseball team needs him. Period. Yeah. yeah and he, I, if this was a top 10 blue Jays baseball players of all time, Joe Carter is on that list. Yeah. Hands down. Yes. And probably one of the most iconic is I'm because thinking. of that home run. Yes. Yes. I'd put him in the top 10. So for me, it's, it's like depending on who you talk to, if you yeah. meet someone new and they're like, hey, what's your favorite baseball team? And you say Blue Jays, depending on who you're talking to, they'll probably say, yo, Joe Carter. Or they're probably like, yo, Joey Bats. It's one or the yeah. other. It's it's like it really is now. because it's based on those two home runs. Yes. For the most yes. part. And I love the fact that I got to make Joe Carter meet Joe Carter at a random autograph session in Rochester yeah. here. And I actually made him laugh with a stupid joke. So that made me happy. <laughs> <laughs> He's very available to his fans. He loves talking baseball with anybody. Yes. And honestly, Joe, if you happen to be listening, we would love to just pick your ear. We don't even need to talk about the home run. We would just love to pick your brain on the whole baseball situation, period. <laughs> so, but I'm I, totally um, going to talk about the home run, though. Joe. I'm not... <laughs> so I brought a 1991 All-Star Game ball to the autograph session. Nice. I didn't bring anything crazy. You know, I'm like, OK, I'm just going to bust his balls a little bit here because my dad bought that ball for me mm. because he didn't buy me a ticket to go to the 91 all-star game. <laughs> mm. 
So he got to go to the home run derby where Cal Ripken hits like 12 consecutive fucking home runs in the one yeah. round and continues through it. Goes to the fan fest and a bunch of Red Sox fans yell at my dad from sitting behind him. And then somebody yells out, hey, there's a bus leaving outside. Why aren't you under it? Nice. <laughs> and then in the midst of that, so I hand him the ball and I go, so... I got my dad was nice enough to let me wake or to wake me up for your home run in '93, but it was not nice enough to bring me to this ball game. <laughs> but he brought me wow. home a souvenir. <laughs> and at he goes, well, "At least he it. let you see the good part." Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you saw what counted. You exactly. saw what mattered. Oh my God, dude! I'm not kidding. He was laughing like yeah. hysterically. I'm not. I'm shocked that on the ball that I got him to sign that it's actually you could read it perfectly. It's not like. Yeah. Scribble. Yeah, because <laughs> he was. I can't believe he held the ball steady enough to laugh. Not while he was laughing, it was hilarious. He is very approachable when it comes to his the fans. He he'll talk to you. He's like probably one of the most humble Blue Jays of or you know famous Blue Jays of all time. He yeah. goes to every single like retro night. Everything he's there, <laughs> and it's not like and he's usually sporting the powder blue. <laughs> yeah, and it's not like he's like oh I gotta go to this. You can tell he genuinely loves to be yeah. there. Exactly. So and honestly, all these guys that we had been mentioning on this Mount Rushmore whole conversation are in that same mold and i think the blue jays have done an incredible job of not just gathering talent through their yeah. whole history gathering class acts yeah i still think that's continued 110 billion times over with the current lineup yeah yeah um so th those are my uh members that just made the precipice i don't know if there's anybody else you wanted to mention nope that's right. right where I'm at. And then I there think, uh, like I said, we could talk for hours on how many good players that we've had in this lineup. And I think these are the standouts, period. Yeah. I mean, now, as much as I'd love to talk about Tony Fernandez and company on this whole show and whatever, I'm sorry, but there's just been so many good players in this organization to whittle it down to just four names. Yeah. It's, it's difficult. Like you can, I, I threw an AA in there. You can throw in Cito. You can throw in Gibby, 100%. depending on when you were here. Like his first couple of years with the Blue Jays were not. And then if we wanted to do a fun player, freaking uh, Mount Rushmore, I think you go Johnny Mac, Kawasaki, DeRosa. And <laughs> yeah, Goins, like all these Goins, unknown yeah, kind of the guys, that, guys like, that just we loved watching, right? Yeah, yeah, Fraser, like these guys are just like who? We'd be like, how do you not know? Like those kind of guys, <laughs> these random guys that you just throw in. Um, yeah, Toronto it, loves, we love our working class heroes, right? Yes. And they yes. do a very good job with that group. And I really think the Blue Jays do a good job of usually hitting that nail on the head every season, you know? Yeah. And I think right now it's coming to that wonderful point where we have that talent to go with those working class guys in almost every position. Too, Correct. Right? And um, there's even more in the, the fill in those positions that you were just alluding to coming. <laughs> right. Well, we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully. Uh, there will be some form of baseball this year. Hopefully there's something for us to enjoy that is out of my hands and out of yours, of course, but hopefully we get to see something. And if not, if they scrap it all out, together, <laughs> yeah, let's just go. If they scrap it all together, hopefully that doesn't kill the sport that we love because look, yeah. it would devastate me. It really would because that for me, it's like symbiotic with summer. Like I need those sounds in order Correct. to really enjoy summer. So to go full circle on our conversation, I might feel very, very Roy holiday like. Yeah. And not know what to do with my life without baseball. Yeah, it's 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 one of those things where I'm just like, man, I, I need this back in my life. But 
hopefully they figure it out. Hopefully they do. But until then, uh, I got nothing else to say. I don't know if you want to wrap anything up real quick. I'm going to wrap with our tease. <laughs> Next okay. week, Blue Jays fans, we are going to do a watch party for the the wonderfully awkward 90s video of the back-to-back World Series that we have a link to on Twitter. So we hope you join us here live while me, Adam, and Brendan go at this video and just talk about it while we go over it. You know, So we're going to just hit the play button all at the same time, and we're going to have a good time watching and goofing around and talking about the Blue Jays' glory days. And I think it'll be rather fun, Adam. I agree. I agree. And if you guys have the time, which I'm sure you guys do, it'll be a fun little watch along. We'll be uh, having many a drinks and watching some Blue Jays baseball sort of reminisce on those times. Episode two of beer watching. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Part two. Uh, So we're going to wrap this up as we always do. But before we do, I just want to give you guys a reminder. If you haven't subscribed to the show already on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on, please feel free to hit that subscribe button. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please give us five stars and a quick review. Really, it helps us out a lot. It helps us build an audience, helps us connect with you guys as Blue Jays fans. That's what this is all about, connecting with all you as Blue Jays fans. So that's what we're after. We're not out for money. We're not out for likes. We're out for connections. And before you all wander off, if you happen to be listening to the Twitter live feed, this is a regular now on Jaybird watching. The three of us have been having a really good time being interacting with our uh, wonderful fans. And in the midst of this, we actually had plenty of people listening tonight. So we thank you very much. Um, Next show, please send us some messages. We'd love to talk live with you on on the show. And maybe if things go really, really well, we'll just send you a link to join the conversation here. (laughs) Love it. Love it. Anything can happen on Jaybird watching. So until then, Craig, it's been a pleasure, and uh, let's finish this like we always do with the Let's Go Blue Jays. Let's go, Blue Jays. Let's go, Blue Jays. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.